Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good morning, Thrive. You're going to tell really fast. I do not have my normal voice. Uh, I've just been battling a hoarseness, so no, keep it up, man. Turn it up, Alan. Thank you. Keep it up. There you go, right there. I know. So uh, this is going to be a short one today, but that's okay, because I know RFK has to get out. If I sound like a 12-year-old boy, just imagine it's Jesus preaching in the temple, Um, and that's okay. We'll get through it, I promise. This is the last in this series. It's funny. I'm like, you know, it's summer. It's all right. We'll get through it. And then, like, best turnout we've had in, like, two months. Like, man, awesome. Great. <laughs> Super. So glad. I feel like, uh, you remember that Brady episode for those who are older? When it's time to change, it's time to re Some of you are going, you're way back with me, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good band. All right, so <laughs> today we are wrapping up the series of repurposed prayers. And uh, the prayers in the Bible, different people have prayed, and, and why they prayed them, and what does that mean for us. And today, the last prayer is the last verses of the Bible. And, and I think it's, it's just so cool. It is the very last thing as God really closes his word. You need to understand something. It's, we have our core values here. That, that's what those signs are about. We don't just put up banners, okay? We're not that church. <laughs> um, but uh, but th- those are our core values of who we want to be as the people of God. But one of them, you'll see, says biblical. You need to know, and, and I said this to a friend who's actually preaching this today somewhere in Oklahoma. You need to know we're a biblical church. We are grounded in the Word so, no matter where you are, what I would tell you as a believer is you have to settle in your heart that God's Word is the Bible. And if you don't settle that in your heart, you're going to have a really tough time following Jesus. His Word is the foundation we stand on. These are the last words of His Word to us. And, and it's an amazing prayer. And it literally... What's cool about it, I just, I mean, I really feel like God wants to speak through it, and he better because I barely can, right? So, <laughs> what it starts with, this is so cool, what it starts with and what it ends with in God's word, and the middle center point of it, Jesus, is this point, God being with us. So, here's the verse, here's what, here's what John prays, Revelation 22. He who is a faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. So, now they don't, they don't use, there's an Aramaic word we're going to tie it back into. And that's from 1 Corinthians 16, 22, I believe. Um, and, and, and that word, 
So they use a Greek word here, but that Greek word is translated back to the Aramaic word from 1 Corinthians 16, 22. And that word is a word called Maranatha. Everybody say Maranatha. I need you to talk for me for a minute. Everybody say Maranatha. Okay. Anybody here ever seen like a church named Maranatha? Yeah, and everybody's like, I don't know anybody who goes to that church, right? So we, <laughs> it's back when we knew Bible words and culture. <laughs> Now we name it dumb things like Thrive. You know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I love our church. Our church is the best, and I love our name. But that word Maranatha means God come. But it has like three meanings. It, it, it has like a meaning of like, he came. Would you come now? And man, I can't wait till you come again. How many of us live in a place, and we've talked a lot in the last, especially in the last, last two, three years, felt kind of revelation-y. Anybody here? No? Is that, is that me? Some of you are like, not at all. Not at all. Well, you're getting your fifth jab or something. Good for you. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's all right. That's all right. So some of you are like 12 masks, and you're like, this is totally normal. Good for you. <laughs> some of you, right? It's just, it's felt not normal, right? Wars, rumors of wars. I read that in a book somewhere. It's the Bible. <laughs> the Bible talks about all these things taking place. Now, does that mean Jesus is coming back this year and Pastor Brian wrote a book on it? No, it doesn't. But if you'll buy it, let me know because I will. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, we're not that church either. <laughs> but we believe that Jesus is coming again. And not in a mythical, ethereal, 20,000 years from now way. Maybe. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the clock. But the mistake we make as believers, we continually make as believers, and I think American Christians make worse than any believers on the planet, is thinking Jesus' return is distant, far off, but worse yet, I want it to be. Now, we all do that sometimes, right? Pre-marriage, like the week before I'm getting married, I really did not want Jesus to come back. <laughs> I'm like, give me two weeks. <laughs> two, maybe three. <laughs> right? So you're like, I don't understand. And you're the one speaking the way I do. Okay, so we, we all want, right? Some of you... Some of you are married, have been married a while, and you're like, I'm ready for Jesus to come back. <laughs> it's good. Have you smelled him? <laughs> right? So we're all over the map, right? But I want to talk about the Christians. There are really two types of Christians or two types of people, and those who want to Jesus to come and those who don't. Let's talk about that word Maranatha before we fully dive into it. There's a quote I want to put up on the screen, and I just want to read it to you. It's from a commentary. It says, Maranatha, it became a common greeting of believers. So pre-Jesus, here's what believers used to say. You can keep it up. I'm going to read it. Pre-Jesus, they used to say, this is a popular Jewish word. Anybody know? Yell it out. Come on. It's okay. We believe in the things of the Spirit. That was it. Who said it? Say it louder. Shalom. You just cheated right off the screen. Like, it's in there. Right? 
And post-Jesus, they changed the word. They changed what they said to one another. So instead of Salome, they said Maranatha. Not the peace of God be with you, but let God be with you. God be with you, and wait, he's coming again. And so they would make this a common greeting among oppressed believers, replacing the Jews' greeting of Salome. The followers of Jesus knew there would be no peace because Jesus told them so. So just so you know, does God have peace for you? Yes, he does. But for those of us keep saying, I'm going to see God's kingdom come on earth, and we're going to see just justice run through the streets, and that means we'll all be at peace with one another. That is not what that means. Does it mean God's presence will be with us? Yes. Does it mean we will see some of God's kingdom on earth? Yes. Does it mean we will see a Christian utopia where everybody just loves Jesus and it's amazing and we all pray for one another and all believe in Jesus and we just take nuclear bombs and we just say, stop it. Right? And it works. That will not happen. If you think that will happen, again, you don't believe the Bible. Jesus said, these are going to be troublesome days. If you're a follower of me, and there are seasons, right? There are seasons where it's a little better and a little worse. Okay, so for the New Testament church in the beginning, it was really bad. But God's presence was really good. Then it got really good, and God's presence seemed to lessen on them. And that, that's the story of history. But as a whole, we are not viewed in the favor of this world because who runs this world? God is over it, but he doesn't run it. The Bible talks about that. The Bible says he, Satan, the devil, is the prince of the power of the air. So we need God's presence in our lives and the awareness of it and him to come upon us and be with us all the time. If I'm too loud, you can back me off. I'm doing okay. This, believe me, like, this is God right now, because yesterday I didn't sound this good. And you're like, you don't sound like good. I'm telling you, this is like a miracle. Am I right? Am I right? Yesterday, it's like, what did he say? Aw, look at it. He thinks he's people trying to talk. <laughs> so they use this, this thing, God, come. Come again and come right now. Maranatha, Lord. If I'm honest, I've been the believer who did not want Jesus to come back many times, and probably several times in any given day, <laughs> right? So I've gotten better, and I love my dad. He taught me a lot to be handy. He did not teach me a good attitude in when being handy, <laughs> right? Okay, there, there, there are a lot of tools and pipes that I've seen over the years that have endured a great amount of swear words. He also gave me that ability to carry out if I want to. And, and there are now I'm better. I think I do better than, than he has. But he, he did his best. Hey, God works in all of our lives, right? And my dad did better than his dad. Okay, now my kids are doing better than me, right? But anybody here, you get, you get just a little frustrated, a little mad when you're fixing something. Here, for example, last week... I put together a dresser from Ikea. Anybody here ever done that? Ikea is Swedish for from hell. <laughs> Have you ever put together, any, any, anyone in here, I want you to stand up with me if you felt the pain of putting together Ikea furniture. Stand up. Come on. You've done it. You've done it. That's right. 
For those of you who haven't, congratulations, you're richer than us and can buy better furniture. <laughs> okay? We are not, and that's all right. <laughs> but I'm putting this thing together, and it's this slogan, right? I have learned when it comes to Ikea, don't do it fast. Because if you do, somebody somewhere in Sweden will laugh and laugh <laughs> maniacally. And, 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 and I got there. I mean, it got done. It's together. There's a couple spots that I'm like, well. <laughs> Overall, my, and my wife, I love her. She's a perfectionist, which is funny because I don't get it. But... <laughs> Um, I used to look a lot better, but um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I still look amazing. So, so <laughs> I've been told, like, don't make fun of yourself. So I'm amazing. All right. So, 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 um, where, where is he going with this? So, so, <laughs> so I'm putting this thing together and my family, we're supposed to have a family night too. And I'm thinking I got plenty of time before family night. Silly Brian. <laughs> Ikea is from hell. <laughs> and so they watched the movie next to me while I put together the dresser. And man, I have my moments where I'm just like, Lord, you can't come back now. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm going with you if you do. <laughs> like, it's just, you're not with me. And they're, right? We have those moments where we're just like, but we need to understand it is not just a promise. Maranatha is not just a promise. Jesus is coming back. It's supposed to be our prayer. Believers are supposed to live like they want Jesus to come back and they can't wait. And for those of us, there, there, there's a couple of people who don't want Jesus to come back. One, those who don't believe. <laughs> those who don't believe in Jesus really don't want him to show up. <laughs> Which is understandable, right? Because if you don't believe in Jesus, you really don't want him to walk in the room. Because it's really going to mess with your lack of theology. <laughs> right? Some of you in this room probably do not really believe in Jesus, that he's the one true son of God, lived, died, lived a sinless life, born of a virgin, and then rose again, and then said, I want you to come to heaven with me, but I'm the only way. Some of us don't want that. Just be honest with yourself. Say, I don't believe that. I don't want it. Be honest about it. The worst thing people can do is be like, well, I do, but, you know, I don't know. The Bible actually says that too. Revelation. Lukewarm. God's not a fan. Anybody here want to drink lukewarm water? Just come in from a hot day this week, and you're just like, oh, man, I could use some room temperature water. <laughs> Something that's been sitting on the counter for a couple hours. <laughs> right. Ew is right. That's how Jesus feels about those who are kind of iffy on him. Those people don't want Jesus to come back. Another group of people who don't want Jesus to come back is just those who aren't ready. Why aren't we ready? Well, I'll start going to church regularly, you know, when things calm down. You know, I'm going to eat better when this heart attack thing ends. <laughs> then I'm really going to zone in. <laughs> what? You, you see, those don't make sense. That doesn't add up. 
right? John's a firefighter. John, like, have you, have you, have you ever had somebody who's like, you know, we'll get the, we'll get the fire alarms fixed, you know, when we have one? <laughs> no, not really, right? <laughs> That's kind of the backwards order. <laughs> right, bro? Have you seen that? Have you seen somebody just like the carelessness cause this? Our eternity, man, nobody in this room, your eternity should not be determined by carelessness. Make a decision. Make a decision. And I'm not talking, believe me, I got nobody in mind. I never, I'm not smart enough to formulate my messages that way. I've done it. How many of us, we carve out things in our life? Man, we're good at being in church. We're good at this. But I, I got this sin. This is mine. And we don't choose this to come back because this one's mine. Fair. I understand. But none of it's ours. Well, I, I just want my sexuality. I just want my politics. I just want my preference of when I do this. I just want, here's the thing, the I just wants and the way I want it, I was listening so good this morning. Uh, Dustin was listening with me. Our friends from Wisconsin are here. Donna, Dustin, thank you for coming. And Zoe, don't want to forget her. Yep. Um, I was watching. Great, great woman of God. Ever watch her stuff? She's amazing. Her name's Rosaria Butterfield. And she was a lesbian professor of queer theory in upstate New York who got radically saved, left her partner, eventually left her job, got redeemed, married, had kids, travels the country, and writes books on God's redeeming power in her life. And a lot of what she would say now is a lot of that's hate speech, but one of the things she said this morning is, those who say, I can have this and Jesus. These are her words, not mine. You're following a different religion than mine. My Bible says this. The truth is, when it comes to following Jesus, you end up having to die to yourself. And for those of us who don't want to, we don't want Jesus to come back because we're still kind of clinging to both ends. You ever seen anybody like drowning and they're like, well, I'm just holding on to this and it's like, no, no, give me both your hands. But that's what we do. We try and cling. And then there's another side of that, Christians who just... Just haven't let go. Here's what the Bible says about that. It's crazy. The Bible talks about a lot of stuff, like all the stuff, actually, if you know how to apply it. Colossians 3.1 says, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Another version said, Don't set your world stuff on earthly things. If you keep looking at it like this is mine, how many of us view our kids as they're mine? That is my child. And then they grow up, and you're like, oh. <laughs> you know, from when you're eight, and like, I'm mama bear, and I'm going to go in and tell that elementary teacher what is up. And then at 28, they don't call you for three weeks. <laughs> Just because guess what? They're not yours. Everybody and everything and everyone and even your own body is on loan from the Lord. Everything that we have that is even slightly good, the Bible says every good and perfect gift is from the Lord. Everything. 
And we are to take great care of it. And yeah, we take care of our kids as their own. I'm not saying don't call your kids your kid. I'm not weird, okay? I'm just saying we have to begin to realize everything we have is on loan and everything we have is temporary. The only thing that we have that is forever is Jesus. And if we live that way, we begin to think that way. We're going to begin to talk that way. And those are the people who want Jesus to come. Those are the people who say, Maranatha, come on, Lord. You know what? Every church has their thing, right? I remember when I first showed up to a church I worked at and when I found out about RFK, and some people know the church I'm talking about, but I was working at the church. The first staff meeting I was in, they're like, so we got a JBQ meeting and then a TBQ meeting, and we're going to go to an RFK outing, and then we come back and, and we, have our, uh, we have our RR thing. And it, like, it was like 27 acronyms, and I'm like, you guys are speaking your own language, and I don't know what any of these words mean. <laughs> what are you talking? You know, what's Riff Kick? Now I know, Royal Family Kids Camp. They, the, but, but part of it is you begin to, your language changes when you come into a new culture. So some of us are like, look, we're not going to rename the church Maranatha. Where's that? That's the gym church. That's, oh, is that what Maranatha means? Gym? No. No, we're not going to be, but I, I think I'd be okay with us being a people who says that word a little bit. Let's bring it back. Maranatha, Lord, come. Come right now, be in my life. Come on down. And that is John's last prayer. The last words of the Bible are like, you came. Come now, and I can't wait till you come back. Please come back. This world is falling apart, Lord. We need you. And if you're not going to come in all your presence and glory, come in your power at least now. Come, Lord. Come on down. Come amidst us. I shared a message a few years ago. Actually, when I had to do my ordination, I, I got to pick a message. I remember, I remember um, like, there were like five topics you could pick to preach from. And then you get to sit before a panel of judges who pre- judge your preaching, which biblically sounds a little weird, but anyway... <laughs> But I, I, it was part of the deal. And, and, you know, it was like forgiveness. And so, but one of them was the return of Christ. Now I've been in the ministry at that point like 20 years. And I'm like, I think I'm going to preach on that. I've never preached on that. Which is great, right? You're taking a huge test with a panel of judges. Why don't you do something you've never done before? That's good. <laughs> but, uh, but I do. <laughs> and even my wife was like, well, you're preaching on what? <laughs> really? I don't like that, <laughs> you know. And I understand. I'm like, yeah, but I, I don't know. It's on my heart. And God started something in me then that I'm carrying to this point, and I know I've shared a lot even here at Thrive in the last couple of years. And the message I shared, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to share the whole thing, but I'll share just a minute of it. We stand in one of two places. Like, I'm going to be going a little bit in the Wayback Machine, but anybody here remember the term, you just wait until your father gets home? Now, if you're over 30, you probably know that term. If you're under 30, you're like, great, is he going to bring me beads and some incense? Okay, but 
you're over 30, that connotation was maybe not good. You just wait until your father gets home. Now, I was a pretty good kid, right? I mean, that's fair. No? <laughs> okay. Well, in comparison to the others I'm talking about. <laughs> it's not fair. My brother's not here, but he's never here, so. Um, <laughs> my brother was the one who's like, find buttons and push them. <laughs> I was the one who watched him do that and said, don't do that, <laughs> right? And, but, I was, but there was a few times I heard, you just wait till your father gets home. And if it was five minutes or five hours, it was the longest plot of time. Because you knew what was coming. Judgment. <laughs> this is back when, you know, you didn't give a child a trophy for burning down buildings. And uh, this was a, it was a different time. And, um, and, 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 it, and there was a fear there. And as much as we're like that, and that was so wrong, it was so bad, no, it was actually kind of good. Because it began to teach me right and wrong. It began to teach me this behavior is good, and this behavior brings judgment. It was a healthy fear. But there's another side of it. Those of us who've been with and in relationship, and pursuing God, and we've accepted Jesus in our hearts, we're the ones who can say, I just can't wait till my dad gets home. I just can't wait till dad gets home. RFK is about to go out for a week for kids who most of them don't have dads or moms. And you get a week to pour out the true love of the Father on them and show them this is what it, these are, these are tiny little glimpses of what it looks like when Jesus comes back. That's the kingdom now. That's Maranatha. Those moments where that child realizes somebody loves me and they don't, they don't, they don't know me and I may never see him again. That is Maranatha. This week, when you had an opportunity with the worst barista on the planet who gave you milk and you asked for coffee, <laughs> pour out the love of Jesus on them and show them Jesus loves you. It's okay. Those of you who are in the worst desperate marriage and you're crying out, God, move, we should want Jesus to come. We have to stop living our lives as Western Americanized Christians that only want Jesus as part of it and not being our life. There is no Christian in underground church in China who's like sleeping in on Sunday or saying I'm not going to the prayer meeting or say I won't share with anybody. That's not my calling. There is no Christian in there like that. Why? Because it doesn't afford that opportunity. I think I've shared this before, but I remember our, uh, my friend Josh, who's a missionary in Poland, we support. He's housing Ukrainian refugees right now. We support him. He runs Christ for the Nations Poland. His parents, his parents prayed uh, with me a few years ago. I remember 
we were talking about the mission field, and it's missionaries are such heroes to me. You know, talk about people who really leave everything. They leave their culture. They leave their language. They leave comfort. They leave financial security. They leave everything, right? For what? The call of Christ. Going to foreign nations, pouring themselves out. And uh, we're driving in the car one night when I was with them years ago. And, and I've always felt called here. Like I was, I remember a season, of my, I knew I was called to ministry. And there was a moment where like, God, do you want me to go to the mission field? Like I'll go anywhere. And I felt like the Lord was like, no, I want you. This is your, you're called right here. You're called to your homeland. And I was talking with them, and I said, you know, America is just different. And they said, you know, the thing about America is it's not like the mission field, right? Louis, like in, in the Philippines, you serve Jesus or you don't. But in America, you can, we've created a very large middle lane. You're in Mexico, you follow, you're a follower of Jesus or you're not. You're in Africa, you follow Jesus or you follow the witch doctor. But here we've created our own different theology. It's not simple, it's not black and white. And don't get me wrong, there's gray on a lot of issues in our walk with Jesus. I understand, I I get nuance, I get all that. But there is no gray and there's no nuance in saying, I follow Jesus with my life or I don't. There's no middle ground on that. who wants Jesus to come says you can have my life and I'm not saying you aren't going to fail you're going to fail the Bible says Proverbs righteous man falls seven times he gets up God would rather come to you stumbling and failing have you running to him stumbling and failing than not coming at all right when my kids were little ones and we hear man the toddler phase is the best but when they come as toddlers and they can never get to you, right? So I was like, <laughs> I never looked at them and like, man, get your act together. <laughs> Seriously, learn stuff. <laughs> Speak words. What's wrong with you? And I was like, man, way to go. That's my boy. That's my girl. Come to daddy. And that is how your father feels towards you. Do we feel the same? Or do we prefer our sin over his pleasure? Do we prefer our schedule over his? Do we prefer our money over his provision? I want to read you this quote, and this is where we're going to wrap it up today. Every day, we should expect him to come. And every day, we should long for him to come. I'm going to say that again. Every day, we should expect him to come. And every day, we should long for him to come. But how many of us live that way? How many of us live, Lord Maranatha? I can't do this. We need you. 
I'm incapable. The longer I live, the more that becomes my prayer. The longer I follow Jesus, the more I see, man, I fall short so much. Lord, Maranatha, come and change me. Come upon me. Move in me. Do what I can't do. I don't want to live a normal American, comfortable Christian walk. And why would any of us want that? presence. Maranatha, return, oh God. This week on our RFK kids, Maranatha, Lord, come upon them. When you're in your job that you hate, come, Lord, Maranatha. When your your kid is just out of control and you're like, I don't, I don't know what to say to you, Lord, come on, come on down, Maranatha. Next week, at our service outside at City Hall when we're baptizing people and having fun. Man, that's great. But Lord Maranatha, come down. We've been preaching on it. Next week, we've got a whole new series or uh, starting in August about being under authority and the beauty of that and talking about that. What does that mean in our lives? It'll be great. So you can get a break away from this. But how many of us want to see Jesus come and come down and want to live in the expectation of his return. If it's a thousand years from now, Jesus returns. If it's 10,000 years from now, will any of us get to the other side of eternity saying, man, I couldn't wait. How many of us? Nobody will get to the other side meeting Jesus face to face. You know what we're doing? We're just prepping for that day anyway. If we expect Jesus to come back tomorrow, by the time we meet him, it's gonna be the best day ever. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. So long.